0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I'm trying to work on my uh, intro because Joe always critiques it, so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. This is uh, Joe and John. We're well caffeinated. Well caffeinated, well I noticed there's tobaccoed. A, what the tobacco. I noticed there's another drink behind you. That looks like a blue moon. Yeah, um, I think this I this bottle beer? of
1: blue moon has been sitting in this studio maybe what for like nine months now? I think it's been about nine is it Since no? I went to seminary three years ago, I think it's been in here. So.
0: I'm not judging you. I'm just you know, I'm just saying. It's I'm unopened. Not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, as Gail Hammerschmidt would, <laughs> would say. Huh.
1: That's right. Hey, uh, so you're getting ordained soon, man. I am. John yeah. Nepple will be Deacon John yep, uh, yep. in well, by the time this is published, it will be just the following Saturday. So this Saturday, John, you're getting ordained. Uh, it's, it's crazy. How are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling good. To hear you even say that, though, it's just so surreal. I think that's the, the experience. It's nine years. This is my ninth year in seminary. Nine years. Yeah, it, uh, it's since usually— Since you were 15 years since old. Since I was—yeah, right. The, uh, um, you know, people always say— um, Gosh, it's all these years. You must be so ready, and you do feel ready, but also you, you're never really ready to receive uh, to receive orders. So
1: I know, and this is like I mean, I was telling John this morning. This is the the people make obviously make a big deal about the priest ordination, but the deacon ordination is the real. That's where you really make the commitment. I mean, this is really the equivalent of laying down your life. I mean, when you hit the deacon, diaconate. I mean, you're making the promises of celibacy. That's you're making right. a promise of praying the hours, right. liturgy hours, yeah. five hours a day. Yep. I mean, this is a
0: yeah, this Point is every, return, a anyway. real step. This is, uh, yeah, I'm taking on the clerical state here, and uh, it, it it's a uh, very ex- it's very exciting. Awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled, and but I I have no idea. Like we were joking yesterday, I was like, oh crap, I got to learn the mass parts uh, for the. You know what I mean? You know these things, but you're like, wait a second, I'm going to be baptizing children. I gotta I gotta get my act together. But <laughs> we've been studying this stuff for years, so you actually do know it. But it's just it's crazy. That'd it's be becoming awesome. very real. Very soon, and uh, so it's exciting. So I'm totally stoked. Keep me so in your prayers. Yeah. Keep
1: John in your prayers and all the guys. We have how many deac- deacons? Ten getting ordained Ten, on ten Saturday, deacons so. getting
0: ordained. Two are permanent deacons, and then eight are transitional. Transitional meaning uh, they'll be ordained priests in May, May 21st. May so. 21st. Yeah. So crazy, man. So yeah, anyway. it's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. So, uh, so which, which brings me
1: to... To my next topic, which I think I stabbed myself in the hand this week. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. So I I, I I went to Walmart. Actually, that's totally an awful awful segue there. I thought it was a stigmata, but I guess it. No, well, a st- okay. it's a little off center. I don't know if I told. Did I tell you about this? No. <laughs> okay, so I had to buy this watch. I, I lost my watch the other day. I think I saw it on actually Father Rodriguez. I don't know. Wait a minute, you lost something? I, I uh, imagine uh, that. Uh, exactly. Right? Um, no, I lost the watch, so I went to Target to get a new one, and uh, you know typical Joe Dunman fashion by the exact same watch that I had right, before for right. the last year. Um, and it was, it, you know, it was wrapped up in the thing with those little plastic tie things that are, like, impossible to break off. Exactly. So I'm taking, you know, makes sense to me, take a really sharp knife out of the kitchen drawer. And stab it. And and I'm holding the watch thing in one hand, and I'm, like, wedging the knife in there, to ch- getting under it to try to, like, do it, and, like know with my knife being pointed right at my palm and sure enough it snaps and i just stab myself right in the palm goes in maybe like four millimeters i mean it's not that bad but it's just like pouring out blood and i just like scream for a second and it was incredibly painful i mean definitely one of my proudest moments not one of my proudest moments uh Stabbing myself in the hand. It was one of those things where I did it, and then I just started laughing and kind of like and crying and not <laughs> necessarily crying, but almost. Yeah. You know, it was like laughing at how st- what I just did and like obviously stupid motion to stab myself in the hand. The only and there were like five guys standing around laughing. I was going to say
0: it, it would make it way worse if guys were standing around. Well, it, yeah, and we all know your sanctity. So I'm just just going to put that out there. You don't need to. Well, it, yeah. If re- you're
1: questioning that. whether or not I do have the stigmata, and if you see me, it's it's not. It's really just a my own self inflicted wounds. So when you're doing the Padre Pio raps. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Don't get you. confused. In fact, Father Father Luis walked by like right after it and I screamed, I'm like, Father Luis, Robbie just stabbed me in the hand. <laughs> and he freaked out. He's like, Robbie, what happened? What, what were you, you thinking? And Robbie, I, I I blame Robbie for half the things that go on in my life. Well, so. we're gonna play we're gonna pray for Robbie because <laughs> he shouldn't be stabbing shouldn't people. Shouldn't be stabbing people. That's right. But uh I was thinking how I, I actually did think this after I stabbed myself, how painful it was to get stabbed in the hand and man I can't imagine getting like a nail through my hand at the crucifixion. I mean, that's that's like I, I felt like a super pansy. But we're going to be talking today about a man who did get crucified, not Jesus, right. But another man, another man, and his name is Saint Peter. Saint Peter. Oh. Saint Peter. Kind of crazy story. Um, obviously, Saint Peter, the most talked about apostle in the scriptures right. throughout the gospels, always named first. First Pope, lead man of the apostles, and the Acts of the right. apostles. He's the one, you know, he's the first people to heal, he's the first one to heal people, to preach the gospel, to be baptizing. Uh, awesome man, um, but not a lot of people know about the circumstances surrounding his death. So we're going to talk about that, All right, and and maybe some things uh, that are going on in Rome now in the past hundred years uh, involving his burial, his tomb, his bones. Really crazy stuff. That so, sounds good.
0: One quick thing about Saint Peter, just. Uh because I know you're studying Greek, and I always got to tie in the Greek. But the New Testament, a lot of times, in English, we have the same you, plural, like you all, and you. Right? Right. It, it says the singular. It's the same thing. But a lot of times, in the, in the especially in the Gospel of John, you have, when he's speaking to the apostles, he'll speak you, plural, and then he'll speak you, Peter, singular. But we don't catch it in the English. But it's actually... Nice. So, when when does he say that? Well, that is a good question. I have no idea off the top of my head, but I could uh find some uh, Isn't it some one scripture. of the things with like um uh not upon the rock. Uh no, the one where he's like I will pray for you that your faith will not fail. That's the that's the popular one. I think that's like John mm. 17 8, Luke Twenty something. Like ah, that? Catholics. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a podcast on that and That'd figure that out. That would be a good that podcast. Yeah, that would on be the a good plural podcast. and the <laughs> s- singular uses of "you" in the Greek New Testament. No. Sue, is it Sue? Sue? Yeah, there you go. Sue, there you go. This is my my three three weeks of Greek. Uh, I know how to say uh, "you." Uh, we're impressed. And your holiness, because I can see your hands <laughs> my are bleeding here next to your blue moon. There. Exactly. All right. So,
1: t- Saint Peter. Saint Peter. Um, so what was going on with Saint Peter after the Acts of the Apostles? What we know about Peter is that. Uh, He was at the Council of Jerusalem. That's in the scriptures and the Acts. Um, But eventually, we know that he went to Rome, uh, and he finished his life in Rome. He preached the gospel there with with the church there for a number of years before he was martyred. Uh, Martyred during the persecutions of Nero, I believe, Yep. um, and along with St. Paul. And we know this. I think Origen wrote about this and mentions how Paul and Peter were in Rome, martyred in Rome, and there was a big persecution in Rome under Nero. Um, And Origen actually also said that he was crucified, which is really cool, which is interesting, too, because in the gospel— um, in John, at the end of the gospel of John where Jesus and Peter are talking about, you know, Peter, do you love me? Yes, right. Lord, you know, I love you. And at the end of that little piece, he says, you know, when you're young, you used to go where you wanted to go. And, um, but when you're older, you, uh, you will be taken to where you do not want to go and your, your hands will be stretched out. And right. that phrase hands to be stretched out is actually, and John says at the end of that, uh, this was to signify the way in which Peter was to be glorified or to glorify God or something like that, the way way in which he was going to die. So really cool stuff. How um, It's kind of implicitly in the scriptures, um, but then the tradition supports that. Uh, So it's kind of like gives them more credibility through the the traditions of the church from the church fathers and what they were talking about. And and there's going to be a lot of that when we talk about this today. Uh, So he was crucified in Rome. And one of the things the tradition has as well, you might have seen this, this picture of Peter getting crucified, and he's getting crucified upside down right. because he said, um, I think Eusebius talks about this, how he did not want to be crucified in the, he wasn't worthy to be die as our Lord died. So he asked to be put upside down, which is crazy. And so they said that, you know, he died there, um, and when they took him down, they chopped his feet off and buried him somewhere. We don't know where. Traditionally, um, tradition has had it that he was crucified at the same place where St. Peter's in Rome is. And that obelisk in the center of St. Peter's Square, which right. is that, I don't know why you, it's like an Egyptian pillar in the center of the square. If you've ever seen a picture of the Vatican right. in St. Peter's Square, you'll see this big, just plain looking, uh, pointy statue structure thing in the center of the square. That obelisk was actually there um is, is traced back, came from Egypt, was brought over by one of the Roman emperors, and was there when Peter was crucified.
0: So he might have actually been – that would have been one of the last things he looked at before he died, which is and crazy. this is even interesting too. I heard that uh, – I read this somewhere that when Jesus, you know, when they go into exile, that brief exile into into Egypt, he may have seen that obelisk as a child. That is crazy. Because I think it was Augustus, Augustus Caesar – ooh, I better not be quoted on that – who brought it back to Rome and put it in the center of what well, you're going to talk about this, the circus.
1: So yeah. wild. Yeah, exactly. So what is now St. Peter's square, the obelisk in the center is there. Peter crucified there. And, uh, tradition has it is that he was buried close by there, which was the tradition for the Christians as well. Right. Uh, in at, taking after the man of our Lord, who was crucified on Calvary and at the Holy Sepulcher, you know, he's buried just like within a hundred, a few hundred feet away. Right. right. Um, so this is a typical thing as well. And, uh, and, you know, I think in the 3rd century, Constantine, uh, was the emperor, built a uh, built a basilica there, uh, which is known as Old St. Peter's, over the traditional site of his burial. Right. Uh, and then that was leveled in, I think, the 15th century, or the 16th century, um, where we built what is now St. Peter's Basilica, over that. So we don't really, I mean, St. Peter's has been there, um, and tradition has it that, you know, Peter's buried somewhere underneath there. But it's not like we had, like... You know, here are his bones right here. We have his bones. um, And, you know, that's kind of when they built St. Peter's. it was just kind of the tradition or tradition of the church. Um, Until the 1940s, something crazy happened. So have you heard this stuff before, right? Uh,
0: I've heard some of it, yeah. You look like you're thinking really hard. I am. Well, here's what I'm thinking. It's like um, the tradition tells us that Constantine built the the altar over the top of – of where the, the the bones of Peter were buried, right? And I was just thinking, you know, that's that's the fourth century, so that's that's a long time ago that w- this evidence goes back. Because a lot of, I mean, there could be just like skepticism. Out of, I mean, we're mm-hmm. modern, so we're like, oh, what do you mean, you know? Right, exactly. Like, are you, are you sure? I mean, that sounds really nice. Um, and there was five hills in Rome. Is that correct? Um, and I think seven. Vatican, the Vatican Hill, seven hills, something like exactly. that. Yeah, it's like you think you would know these things. Seven hills in Rome, and the Vatican Hill was the place, right? right. Where was right outside of the circus where he would have been uh, crucified upside down and then buried on the hill. That's where the original basilica was made, right? Yeah, you okay. got it. Awesome go. stuff.
1: Um, so, you know, we don't, have, we don't have a record of the bones or anything like that until 1940s. So what happened in the 1940s? Pius XI is pope, okay. uh, and he dies. And he's from Milan. And people in Milan, I've never been there, but apparently they like to build big sarcophaguses because they built this guy like a honkin' sarcophagus. For Pius XI. For Pius XI. Honk, honkin' sarcophagus. Honkin' sarcophagus. <laughs> huge tomb right. uh, for Pius XI. So when Pius XII became pope um, and was kind of, you know, overseeing, or he was the pope during the time when they were trying to um, bury him under the crypt where all the other popes, a lot of the other popes are buried under St. Right. Peter's, um, the sarcophagus would not fit down there. And so he said, well, you know what? we we should probably renovate this place anyway. Build a little chapel down there. That'd be really cool to do. Um now this so is under the present. Under, yeah. So if you go to St. Peter's, Peter's on either side of St. Peter's, there's little stairways going down right. under the church, right. and you can take those stairways down and under the under the high altar at St. Peter's. There's a uh, there's a whole crypt down there where there's a bunch of John Paul II buried down there. Now
0: there's a bunch of popes who are down there. And that St. Peter's was built 16th century. Is that right? Uh, 16th century, yeah, 1500s. Michelangelo, Bernini. Mm-hmm, they were all, them. Bernini was the big guy
1: who was there. Uh, beautiful. If you've never been to St. Peter's, it's like, it's like an airplane hangar. It's huge. It's, huge. But it's so beautiful, magnificent. Yeah. Uh, really, my first experience walking there was just like feeling like I was home. Yeah. It was just an yeah. incredible experience. It's, it's amazing. Largest church in the world. Largest church in the world. Uh, huge dome. It's just, it, it's spectacular. But right. anyway, if you go there, you would see this. If people have been there, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. So anyway, Pius XII wants to renovate the crypt down there. But to do that, he uh, they decided they needed to lower the floor about three or four feet to fit the sarcophagus in there. But then also just to make it big enough, right. spacious enough that tourists can go down there and, and pilgrims can go down there to pray. And so they start this, you know, they start this little work. Not a huge deal. It's not like on the worldwide press or anything. But when they end up breaking through the foundation of St. Peter's of the Basilica and finding. Uh, and they just found some stuff. They found some old tombs down there, and they expected that there was going to be bones down there. They they knew that, I mean, when they built St. Peter's the original, or the in the 16th century, they had found a bunch of tombs as well. And right, and like right. some of them were like pagan tombs. Uh, in fact, they found some like Flavius something, some pagan, I, I read it the other day and how it says it had some like prayer to like the gods and about like eating and drinking and being merry because tomorrow we die or something. Right, and so right. like the Pope, like in this, is in the 16th century, they threw his body and not the body of the uh, tomb into the Tiber. <laughs> like oh, it was yeah. just like, cause it was this pagan this tomb big, under St. So they found, um, all kinds of, tombs. they found all, so they expected to find tombs, but one of the things they found that they didn't expect to find, uh, was like a wall, a structure of a wall that had been like filled in with dirt. It almost looked like basically when they when they found it, when they started digging, they f- realized that whatever was here um, they they had moved like when they built in the sixteenth century they had moved the basilica like basically filled in ground underneath to basically make a platform because they wanted to build a basilica on this exact spot huh, interesting it was really interesting yeah. so they, they it interested them, so the excavators dug down more and more. And over the course of, like, eventually Pius said, you know, keep digging. What they found, they end up digging out for, like, three or four years all by hand. This is totally secretive. World War II is going on. Uh, but during this, there's this huge excavation going on underneath St. Peter's because they're finding all these tombs. Right. They found some stuff that's really significant. Um, so they have, like, 300 feet of streets of tombs underneath St. Whoa. Peter's that they found, all dug out by hand because they didn't want to use drills because they didn't want to to bring, you know, it wanted to be secretive. Three or four years takes to build this. And what they found, they found a number of Christian tombs, um, a Christian barrel, and they picked depictions of Christ and mosaics from the early centuries. Um, but they found directly under the tom- under the high altar, they found a courtyard. It's uh, about like six, se- seven meters, four, seven meters by four meters, I think. Mm. And on that courtyard, um, it's the western wall of the p- courtyard was a big red wall. And around that red wall, and the red wall was a one side of like a structure, like a little edifice. They call it like a little temple. Um and in this structure there was a another wall that and close to it, uh, on the wall was written something like, Peter, you know, intercede, pray to Jesus Christ for those who are buried here near your body, or something like that. Mm. So they were like, This is crazy, you know? And so this huge excavation is going on. Um and so they they look, you know there's a number of things uh at work here. Like how old are these things? When can you date these back historically? How can you I mean, the tradition says, like, Peter's bones are here, we never really knew it, but are these Peter's bones? Are they here? Um, and so they, there is a number of factors going on. Now, uh, are
0: these like just monks who are just kind of like digging around? I mean, you think of the Vatican, <laughs> just like like um, I think Sister you know, Esther Mary was. The, out yeah, there. exactly. The, the nuns who are cooking, yeah, right. you know. Um, in the no, they had, apartments. there
1: was a team of archae-
0: archaeologists. That so this, the is this is legit. This is archeology and
1: they had they had scientists and doctors on there okay. um, and doing things, and there were and there were priests working and and kind of like. You know, wanting to make sure everything was preserved well and all those things. Uh, But it's just a crazy thing. So, anyway, they found in this structure, there's so, and I just try to imagine this, this like seven by four meter courtyard with at at one end of this courtyard, this, this, they call it the Red Wall um, and this little temple. The Red Wall is one side of the little temple. um, And they traced this temple back to old St. Peter's. And I think it was, oh wait, no, it was before that, in the second century, because there were bricks it was made with, and some of the bricks had stamps from the Roman workshop where they were made, Whoa. which they do have records of. And they like figured out that this was in the first century when this thing was made. So that's awesome. Super old. So you have the
0: combination of first century bricks mm-hmm. like, um, and, and this graffiti, right, so to speak, or the, this writing that says Peter is here and you know such and such in this prayer. And then you also have 16th century developments that's trying to draw priority to this area. Exactly, trying to build to and make sure this. that the
1: high altar is directly on top of this. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but they still i mean even in the first century that's like four or five centuries three or four centuries at four centuries three or four generations after the death of peter you right. know um but they two of the tombs right around them there were other tombs in this area and and there were some of the tombs around were all christian tombs hmm. and the bricks there uh where these people were buried um had marks uh from a worm workshop that was from like the you know, six the, like the sixty to seventy range for a century, 60 to which is like That's well amazing. within the general. I mean, it's crazy that they can actually like pinpoint it that much. Yeah. So, so what's in the tomb? They look inside, uh, and what they end up finding is well, there's there's some controversy about this because there was there was two two tombs that were really close to each other, and one was really confusing. There was like three different body like remains, remnants of little chips of bones of three different bodies. Scientists figured out, but there's another tomb where there was everything intact. Uh, all, and and most most of the bones were actually complete. Like both femurs, tibulas were complete bones. Wow. Um, and they found out that it was the it was a the the bones the remains of a man who was died between his sixties and seventies, who was robust built, powerfully built man, um, and had no feet. Wow. The feet were gone. The feet were gone. Yeah, and so I mean, and then they there were a lot of this went on for like a decade or two. It wasn't until 1968 where Paul is six actually. After it released something uh, I think in the summer of sixty eight and said we found the bones of saint peter wow, uh, which is crazy that's awesome super crazy, but they found i mean and there's still controversy uh their skeptics will still kind of question about whether or not, but i mean the evidence they found this bone with no feet um one of the things they found with the bones is uh the bones were kind of there were remnants of purple garment and with gold threads um which would be how they would have wrapped. Well, they, purple being a royal color, right? Um, and the gold thread being royal, because this was how the Christian early Christians would venerate the Pope, because this is a vicar of Christ who's died. Right, right. And so you know, there's that going on, wow. and and plus the fact that everything. I mean, the the, the is built right directly on top of this thing. Right. So it's just crazy to think about how the, I mean, I'm just trying to. I was you know thinking about the early centuries of the church, Peter dying, and and there's all these writings about Peter being martyred in Rome, and Um, and how like what what kind of man was peter um in the early centuries you know like what kind of leader in the church was he and uh and how after he was died like the the veneration that went in there and actually i I forgot to mention this there's one there's another wall called the graffiti there's the red wall on the front Mm -hmm. and on the side there's something called the graffiti wall and there's all these like just just markings it's like plaster where people just scratched all this stuff in and they can date this back to when the little temple thing was built uh in the second century wow and uh and a doctor did a, did a study over a course of a couple of years trying to figure out and, you know, encrypt this thing. And they found like over 20 references to Peter and all these, you know, alpha and omega signs. And omega and alpha signs symbolize like the end and the beginning, but also the beginning to the end. Like right. death is the beginning. It's the end, but it's also the beginning wow. of new life. And, um, but then almost miraculously, there was a piece of plaster that had become undone and kind of fell, fell out into the open. Um, and was just kind of sitting there, and a, a priest who was there. This is when it was still secretive. Saw it, found it, and what he found there uh, was, it was. Let me see if you can figure this out. It was pi, and it was in Greek letters: pi, epsilon, tav, rho, on one line, and then on the other line was uh, epsilon, noon,
0: Petros, Petros. Well so almost, yeah, exactly. Petron. A few
1: letters missing, but pet, like. Basically, he, 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 he was able to fill in the – there's like two or three letters missing. But if those letters are missing, it basically said Peter is here within, Wow, which is crazy. Um, wow. and, and they figured out that – and that was part of the edifice that was from the second century. So like these are Peter's mind. This is like, this is like 50 years ago. That they were finding this stuff. This That's is amazing. crazy. It's amazing. You can actually go to Rome now and there's a tour i went i you went on it when you were in rome it, yeah. i've done it when i was in rome it's called the scavi tour and it's crazy you actually go around the uh, st peter's basilica to another building it starts there and then you go underground and you go through all these underground tunnels and eventually you come out in underneath st peter's but you're there's you're going through all these tombs and it eventually ends at the bones of st peter and the tour guide's telling you you know this story and it's crazy that this is Weigel has a book called uh, letters to young catholic right I haven't read in years, but I, he has a chapter on this, I remember, and one of the points he makes is that so beautiful that this is – what. why is this important? Why is this significant? Because so many times we read about Peter in the Bible, we read about Jesus and these stories. It's, just, it's all this kind of stuff that's happening out there in Bible land. Like, you know, Jesus was a good teacher. These yeah, are good yeah, stories yeah, exactly. that are going to help me to be a good person. But it's like, no. like These are the bones of a man who once was alive and lived 2,000 years ago, but he lived this earth and walked this earth, and he knew another man uh, – that he in Nazareth, he was a fisherman in Nazareth, met this man who he believed to be God become man. Right. And like how our faith isn't just out there in Bible land. It's like it's here. Right. You know, God is here on this earth. The kingdom of heaven is being, it, it begins here in a lot of ways, in our hearts and in our lives and how we live it. You know,
0: like, but this isn't, this isn't, a, this is a reality. You know, it's not just these stories. And the succession of the popes still is, I mean, literally it's in the same, same In the same place, spot where the, where the first popes... The Our first Pope, mass. right? His bones are right there, and that is the altar, or the Holy Father benedict celebrates it's totally it's amazing crazy. it's amazing and it says a lot about tradition now this is like small t tradition this is not the the this is doctrine this, this isn't this is like doctrine dogma of the church we got we got to always make that distinction this is like little t right. tradition like a, a nice kind of oral tradition but look at how credible it is you know and we, and we always downplay that ah tradition is that that's just kind of
1: it's not scientific that's it's not, not scientific not,
0: enough but for a profoundly oral culture everything was tradition everything was handed on and they did it with incredible precision and we see that now we now we have scientific evidence for that it's so beautiful. incredible it's so beautiful that's and great so you can go to you can go to rome
1: now the scavi tour uh definitely worth checking out it's an incredible thing um
0: that's beautiful yeah that's man beautiful. yeah i would say when i went there it was one of the most powerful powerful things it, it's called the scavi tour because scavi is the italian word for excavation is that right i you would know that i word think that's I? correct i think F- monsignor glenn told me that um so it's it, the scavi tour so if you go to rome make sure you go to too. Now, they're, they're very, the Escavi office is very Italian, so they're just kind of sitting there smoking cigarettes, kind of <laughs> drinking drinking vino, taking like three-hour breaks in the afternoon. For kind of an American with German blood, this isn't – just keep emailing them until they uh, – because that's how I got in. They, I just didn't hear anything for months and months, and you just keep on them uh, and get in on one of those tours. Also, the seminarians in Rome, the American seminarians at the North American College – this is one of their apostolates. This is one of their ministries. No way. Is to give SCOVI tours. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be awesome? My, I go to, a, I'd go to Denver County Jail. You go to the <laughs> jail, you give a scavi tour. I, I mean, to, I love it. I them. go to the go parish to down jail. the street, but they go to uh, the awesome. Bones of St. Peter. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely it's a must for a Catholic pilgrim. That is so That's cool. It's a must. Totally cool, great stuff. So that's all I got. I love it, man. It's good stuff. Questions, comments, concerns, fears, anxieties, uh, Catholic stuff. Podcast at, at gmail.com, gmail. on Facebook. We got a couple of comments we got to catch up on. Sorry for the emails I haven't responded to. <laughs> and I think that's about it. That's it. All right. Have all a right, good g- uh, Have a good week. Okay. Bye bye.